This is Hockey Central 960 with Haley Salvian on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Hockey Central on Sportsnet 960. I'm Haley Salvian here with you for the next hour with Logan Gordon. For the first time, the band is back together. It's been weeks. Logan, hello. What's up? How are you? I'm good, Haley. How are you? I'm good. I, I'm fine. Yeah, I am not 100% yet. But again, I said this yesterday, I'm good enough to, you know, get up and get on the mic and talk about hockey for an hour and, and talk to you for the next little bit because it's, it's been a while. So we're doing well enough. That's good. That's all we need. Yeah. So we've, we're going to go to Pat Steinberg. He's going to join us on the Atlas Pizza guest hotline here shortly. And then later in the hour, we're going to go back to the hotline. We're going to talk to Sean Gentilly. He's a senior national writer at the athletics. We got two good guests. This is a, a great day for me. Got two, two great guys, Pat and Sean coming on the show. Uh, talk to Pat a bit about the Flames' loss to Montreal last night, and you know, look a, look at the Flames a little bit closer, and then take a spin around the league with Sean later in the show. Uh, before we get to Pat, though, you were at this game, Logan. Uh, it was the Sean Monahan return. Uh, Jacob Markstrom charges out of the goal off the opening faceoff. Montreal scores 13 <laughs> seconds into the game. I think we're all wondering. What was he thinking? Uh, it looked like he charged out at Monaghan. Like, was this just a fun little welcome home gone wrong? Like, what, yeah, it was just this. What happened? Couldn't resist seeing his old friend and had to go out and see him. And it just so happened that the play was underway and uh, it just turned into a disaster. I, I still, I think me and Pat for the first five minutes of the game, we sit next to each other uh, upstairs in the press box and I honestly don't even know if we watched the game for the first five minutes after that. We were just looking at each other going, what, what exactly did we just watch 13 seconds in? It was a very odd play, and as I'm sure Pat will tell you, and we talked about it a lot, I actually don't think it was the wrong decision by Markstrom to go out and play the puck. It's just the sliding on fresh ice out into the blue line and leaving the puck behind that doesn't exactly work out well for him. Right, and and I just but I feel like playing the puck – and, and maybe it's just because there's been a few isolated incidents that look really bad this season, but like playing the puck hasn't gone super well for Jacob Marks from this season. No, so, it hasn't. Uh, I don't know. That's not something like we've seen stuff like that from him before too. Um, him coming out and making the really aggressive sliding move. We saw it a couple of years ago. Remember he did it against the Canucks and then we find out later that he suffered a concussion on that play when he dove out. I don't remember exactly who was on, if it was on Brock Besser uh, or if it was, it was on some, he, he slides out, he ends up getting hurt. He misses a chunk of time and then he plays very poorly before and after that, and then we hear later in the season that he suffered a concussion on that play. So you see Markstrom slide out like that, and you're just like, can you just not? <laughs> can we just not do that? <laughs> yeah. And it always reminds me of the that Steve Dangle uh, clip where it's like, if you are the goalie, like, tend the goal. <laughs> just stay in there, especially if you've got a recent track record of not doing particularly well 
when you're sliding out. I don't love it. Uh, but let's go. We've got a clip. <laughs> this was Jacob Markstrom last night after the Flames 2-1 lost to the Montreal Canadiens. Your, your thoughts on tonight, Jacob? Well, I thought the guys did a great job and, you know, once again, I, I got to be better. I suck right now, so I got to step up and, you know, we're, we're playing good hockey and not letting men scoring chances in, but, you know, we can't start behind every game. Can you take us through what happened on that opening goal you saw? No, I thought, I think everybody saw what happened and, you know, it's not a good play. What was it with uh, Josh Anderson on that play? Uh, nothing really. I just suck at hockey right now. Uh, do you, what, what can you do to, to, to get better? Work harder. Work harder, stop more pucks. Work harder and stop more pucks, Hale. Uh, yeah, I'm just not good at hockey right now. <laughs> it's, uh, all right. Well, thank you for that, Jacob. I wanted to play that because it just felt painfully uncomfortable. Oh, it and was. I wanted everyone else to feel that too. Don't worry, it was uh, it was painfully uncomfortable, especially if you were standing in front of him with a a recorder yesterday. <laughs> I can well, tell you that much. <laughs> I apologize, and and we just got to know in the text line nine sixty nine sixty, it was Tanner Pearson back in the Vancouver. Oh, that's collision. right. So, yeah. Thank you for letting us know about that. Um, let's go to the Atlas Pizza Hotline because we've got Pat Steinberg on the line. I think he's been waiting for a while because he was early and we haven't talked to Pat in a while either. So let's bring Pat in for this conversation about Jacob Markstrom and the game last night and, and Logan stick around too. We'll make this a little, we'll steal from Flames Talk. It's a Friday Flames Roundtable. Lord knows I've done enough of these for Pat. So Pat, you join my roundtable now. <laughs> Do we have Pat? Doesn't sound like it. All right. It's just Logan and I right now. We'll go back to Pat in a minute. Logan, I, I want to ask you, because we were talking yesterday uh, on the show about Sean Monahan and how we were expecting a warm welcome. I thought it was probably going to be the best uh welcome uh that of the three kind of major departures this off season what did you see from from your seat taylor you there up above when when sean monahan came back last night yeah it was pretty easily the warmest one i think you could tell given when sean talked to the media before that it was going to be pretty emotional for him and honestly from the first moment of warm-up he's the first tab on the ice behind Jake Allen, and you could hear a pretty audible cheer from the Flames and the Habs faithful that were at the Saddledome already at that point, and I think you got a pretty good indication that it was going to be a super positive moment, and I think it was by far, you know, the best reception that, that you'll see this season from any returning Flame, and Sean deserves it, and you could tell how awesome it was for him to get that, and he had a great game last night on top of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we've got Pat Steinberg back on the line on the Atlas Pizza guest hotline. Pat, do we have you? I heard him, and now we don't hear him. No. 
All right, that's it's okay. Friday, we'll keep know. talking. We'll keep talking. That's okay, Logan. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to keep the text line open 960, 960. Let us know if you have any questions for Logan and I, anything you want to say about the game last night to one loss to the Montreal Canadiens from the Calgary Flames. We have one note uh, from the Jacob Barkstrom scrum that we just played. That does not sound like a guy that needs to work harder. That sounds like a guy who needs a couple of days off. Um, do we think that this is a load management issue for Jacob Markstrom, I mean, he started or he played in 10 games in the month of November. His numbers were not good in the month of November, we should say. Uh, he had an 881 save percentage through those 10 games and a 3.26 goals against average. Uh, that's really bad. Uh, the Flames scored 2.8 goals per game in November, which is 22nd in the league, which doesn't help. But, I mean, you do the math. 2.8 goals scored per game and over three on average against in the flames go five, seven and three in 15 games in December. So Markstrom starts plays in 10, Dan Blodard plays in five. Is that a load management problem for you, Logan? Is Jacob Markstrom playing too much? I don't know that he's playing too much, but I think given the circumstances he might be like from a physical standpoint, I don't think that Jacob Markstrom's been overworked, but I think maybe going through this process of trying to, you know, quote unquote, get Jacob back to his usual standard, maybe they went about it the wrong way and that force feeding him starts wasn't actually what he needs and the time off is maybe more. Because really, Haley, honestly, last night in the locker room, it, it wasn't even a guy that was frustrated. It was a guy that was angry. And I, I felt really bad for the guy because you could tell he was in a bad spot. He, and he's never one to to shy away from the media. You knew he was going to be out there. But, I mean, let's be honest. Yes, he let in two goals last night. Uh, but that should be more than enough for your team to win um, most nights in, in this league. I think it's just at a point now where he's so in his own head about it that when those mistakes happen, they're hard for him to to just brush off his shoulder. And that's such an mm -hmm. important thing for a goaltender in the National Hockey League. Things are going to go bad. Every every goaltender, Patrick Waugh, Brodeur, uh, Hashik, all these guys, they've all had bad moments. They've all had stupid moments that, that come back, but it's how you respond to it. And when you're angry, like I feel like Jacob Markstrom is now, I feel like that makes it that much harder for him. And I think just a little bit of time to separate and, and really calm himself down, I think, will be the way to to help him out here. I'm curious if, if Pat feels the same way about that or not, because he's been around it too. And I, I know it's just, it's a tough spot for a guy and I feel for him right now. Yeah. And, and let's try again. Let's go back to the Atlas pizza guest hotline and see if we have Pat. Pat, uh, did you hear that? Do you, uh, where do you stand when we're talking about this with Jacob Markstrom? Yay. I'm here. So hey, there fault. he is. That was, that was all my fault earlier. I was screwing around with some of the settings and, Anytime you uh, take a, uh, anytime I took the headphone jack out, it muted out my mic. So I apologize for that. Um, That's okay. Yeah, I was listening. I, I I could hear everything you were saying. You just couldn't hear me. Um, 
Yeah, the, the whole, like, look, we know, I, I want to first of all say that I, I do give credit for Jacob A coming out and speaking last night and B yeah. coming out and owning it because, uh, and, and I said this last night on, on our Flames Talk post team, but like, the amount of goaltenders that we've seen come through this market over the last, you know, in, in Brad True Living's tenure that, that have come through this market and who have not taken accountability and who have been very defiant when there is time to take accountability to hear that from Jacob and to hear it to hear it from Jacob throughout his time as a member of the Flames like I have never once heard that guy uh, try to pass off any blame or after a bad night say that uh, it was well you know the team didn't play very well or too many opportunities against like Jacob Markstrom is the ultimate uh, ultimate accountable goaltender and and so is his so is his counterpart or his running mate in in Dan Vladar they that that has impressed me about both of those guys so for him to come out and, and put it all on himself I, I I did appreciate now that is kind of secondary to the fact that the guy is just not playing well enough right now and and there obviously needs to be some sort of different approach taken whether it's by the team or whether it's by the individual because you can tell that it's just there's there's something off about Jacob's game last night last night and this season. There's something mm-hmm. off about there's something off about um, the I, I don't know if it's the mental approach. I don't know if it's it's overthinking. I don't know if it's it's still being rattled from the way that playoff series against Edmonton went. Like I don't know what it is. I'm not sure Jacob or the Flames know exactly what it is. But he is he's not the guy that he was for the vast majority of last season. And let's be honest, the only time that Jacob really struggled last year was games one through five of that second round series against Edmonton and I know he had some you know there were some stretches down the stretch where in the final 20-30 games where maybe the level of play wasn't as high but you don't you don't get to be the number two Vesna trophy get voting uh, the, the number two voted Vesna trophy finalist Unless, unless you had yourself a pretty good season. And he's gotten Vesna votes before, and he's been a 9-15 goaltender before. So, so there has to be something that is going on that has seen him go, go from that guy to where he is right now. And that, that play last night, that just screamed to me of a goalie trying to, trying to do too much. I think, as Logo said, I think he made the right play by coming out and challenging, but then... As opposed to making the right next play, he decided to like slide into second base, and and you yeah. know then then you're talking about fresh ice, as Logo said, and 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 when that goal goes in, you know that picture that everybody shared on Twitter, like, he's by the blue line, and and so I I don't I feel bad for the guy. I am still a big time believer in the guy, and I do think he's going to work his way out of it. But I also think right now it's pretty clear that Dan Vladar needs to go because. Friends, they're a, they are a below 500 team, and or sorry, they're at a 500 team, and they're starting to lose ground. For the first time, you're starting to feel like maybe like Seattle won again, Los Angeles won. Like this is a group that that you're you're starting to see them maybe give up a little ground in this Pacific Division and Western Conference playoff race. They need the better goalie to be playing games right now. They also need their number one goalie to really work his way through this via practice and work with the goaltending coach and, and whatever he needs to do. And I think that 
Both can happen at the same time. Jacob can work through it and and work on improving, and Dan Vladar can play more games. Like if I'll I'll be stunned if they don't go to Vladar Saturday tomorrow against Washington. I have no idea what they're going to do, but it would just be pretty stunning if. In a fight for points right now, they don't go with the guy who's playing better hockey. And I think that would be four and six for Vladar. And I think over the next few weeks here, maybe you use him a little bit more like a one or a one B or something like that. Like if you want to turn this into a tandem or lean a little bit more to Vladar for the next little bit as Markstrom works on his issues, I think I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think, you know, I read some of the stats in terms of the the team scoring and the goals against. Like, it's not like Markstrom's getting, you know, four goals per game and run support on a nightly basis, and he's giving up five. Um, you know, so there's more going on with the Flames than just Jacob Markstrom. Um, but you're not going to win a ton of games when you're only scoring under three goals and giving up more than three goals on an average basis. Some some notes in the text line, we did get a listener who didn't like that we played the clip. Um, Why not? Know, we don't want to. I made the joke saying that felt painfully uncomfortable. Uh, we are not ridiculing Jacob Markstrom here, but we're not gonna speculate on how he is feeling and what he is thinking. What we're gonna do is we're gonna play what came out of his mouth, <laughs> you know? So yeah. that is the explanation for playing the clip. Jacob Marksman spoke last night. And as you said, Pat, you know, the fact that he came out and spoke after that, you know, that speaks to the kind of guy that we're looking at here. And he put it on himself. He didn't. Well, you know, and you can't tell me, et cetera. You can't tell me that Jacob was forced to do that. I, I like I know he didn't the want way to the talk last night. Go- he was not going to talk last night. Exactly. That was a guy who was more like, no, screw it. I'm talking. I need to put a face on this and I need to be accountable for this to Flames fans. That That's what it was. It wasn't Peter Hanlon and Sean Kelso saying, Jacob, you must speak. It was more like, mm-hmm. hey, you've been requested. And he said, yeah, I'll go out there and and I'll, I'll face the music. Look, Jacob knows... Yeah. I, I have read everything on Twitter since last night. I have read our text line. I took phone calls. And there are people who are extremely critical of Jacob Markstrom right now. And and what I know is that every single person pales in comparison to how critical Jacob is of himself right now. This dude, this dude has a standard for himself that he, if he doesn't meet it by one iota, he's going to be kicking himself and, and pressing for more. So when it is as far away from his standard as it is right now, yeah, he's, he's going to be critical of himself. He's going to be down on himself. And so what I'm really curious about is for the, Really, the first time I don't know, and, and Hales, you were you were there during the shortened season where he had that really rough go. It's kind of that bad sandwich: good start, good end, bad middle. Yes. After the Tanner Pearson collision, but I, yes. I I think that this one was this one feels a little bit different. There's no injury. There's no shaking off cobwebs. There's there, this one feels a little bit different. And for the first time in a long time, Jacob is being forced with okay, I'm still working my ass off. I'm still doing everything right in practice. I'm still being a good teammate. 
28. I, I don't think he's drastically changed anything the way he approaches starting games, but it's not working. And so for the first time in a long time, he's like, okay, well, I'm doing everything that I always do, and it's worked so well for me the last four or five years, and now I'm I'm making silly decisions, and soft ones are getting by me, and I'm not I'm not where I need to be. I'm really curious about how he goes about approaching this, and, and I know the relationship he's got with Jason LaBarbera is really strong, the goaltending coach, and, and again, you can call me an apologist, and I, I am the first to say I am a huge believer in this guy. I have been since before he became a member of the Flames. It was why I was so adamant that this is the guy they should go end up uh, and, and trying to get and, and really make a big push for in 2020 free agency or 2019 free agency or whatever it was. Um, so I am biased. There's no doubt about it. I'm, I'm less than objective on this one. But I, I do believe that this guy is going to figure it out. I also believe that Dan Vladar is playing some damn good hockey right now. He is the better option for them right now. And I think he's got number one chops and I think could develop into that in the not-so-distant future. So when your number one guy isn't going the way that he needs to be going right now and you've got a guy as your two or your 1B or your backup or whatever you want to call him, when you've got a guy like Vladar going like he is, this is not a worst-case scenario. It's really not because you now have an opportunity to see how how Dan Vladar deals with a larger workload, which we have never seen at the NHL level before. And if he deals with it really well, that's a good thing. If he doesn't deal with it really well, that's a development thing. But there is nothing wrong with seeing what you have with Dan Vladar right now while your other guy needs to get his game back to a higher level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the last point I'll make about Markstrom, and, and this is part of the, the difficult part in, in kind of analyzing this properly this season, is this isn't something we've really seen from him ever in his time as a starting goalie in the NHL. Sure, you can go back 10 years when he's, you know, just trying to break into the Florida Panthers, but that's not the same. So it's it's curious. Yes, he had a career year last season with the highest save percentage and great uh, shutout metrics, and he's the second voted Vesna goalie in the league, um, but this isn't a regression to the mean either for Jacob Markstrom because he's never been a sub-900 goalie as a starter in his NHL career. You know, a quote-unquote regression for Markstrom would be dropping down to like a 910 or a 915 from the 922 that he posted last season. So this is a, a rare space for Jacob Markstrom, but this is also a goalie with the pedigree in the history of being a legitimate number one guy. There's obviously a reason he got the contract that he's currently playing in. So I'm with you, Pat. I think there's, you know, obvious concern in the, the current space in the short term. Um, but I think there's reason to believe that he will work it out. How he does that, we are not so sure. Um, yep. As I mentioned, there's other reasons why the Flames aren't winning games, particularly last night. Um, they lose two one of the Montreal Canadiens. You're not going to win a ton of games when you're the only when you're the team scoring one goal. Um, and the team in November, you know, scored. I think they were averaging, as I said, you know, 2.8 goals per game. That's 22nd in the league in the month of November. Um, they're getting a ton of shots on goal. Their shot volume's good. Their expected goals are good. They're not finishing. Is that something that we need to be concerned about? 100%. And in fact, if you go take a look at the, the metrics for the Flames, 
unsurprisingly, we're talking about them being one of the top shot value, volume teams in the NHL. So I'm just pulling up their five-on-five five metrics right now just to um, just to get the, the latest total. So they remain the fifth-best shot volume team four in the NHL as uh, they're averaging more than 62 five-on-five five attempts per 60 minutes at five-on-five. Five. They also are one of the better shot volume teams against. Not as elite as they would like to be, but they're still one of the, uh, the top shot volume teams in the league. They're actually number five in both categories. So they've got their number five in shot volume four and shot volume against. And as such, they're a top five team in their overall possession metrics. But here is the part that is maybe the most uh, troubling. Uh, the teams in front of them that are all high shot volume four teams or, or teams that throw a lot of pucks at the net at five on five are Florida, let me guess, Carolina. Let me guess. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Boston. New Jersey. Well, actually, Carolina. New, New Jersey. <laughs> yep. Carolina. Yep. Florida. Yep. And uh, your old team. The Senators are number four. Uh, they're a yeah. really the Sens are a big time high. They, they are a high event team. They're fun to watch. Doesn't lead to a lot of wins these days, but they're a high volume yeah. team. My point is, is if you go take a look at the shot volume four and how many pucks they're throwing towards the net, it's top five in the NHL. But when you go take a look at where they're coming from, they are so far behind the other four teams ahead of them in terms of the quality of the shots. In that they're getting a lot, but all four of Florida, Carolina, New Jersey, and Ottawa, the teams in front of them, and, and even the teams after them, Pittsburgh and L.A. and New York and Dallas, they are all getting significantly more attempts from the house, from the high danger areas, from the slot, whatever you want to call it. The Flames are having a really difficult time moving the puck or getting their attempts from high quality, high danger areas, and, and that is the concerning part. Now, I do think last night was kind of uh, a, a bit of a misnomer or a bit of a uh, departure from the norm in that regard because they actually did a good job of that last night. They finished with 19 high dangers and 14 at 5-on-5, five five, so about 25% of their shot attempts at 5-on-5 five five last night came from high danger, whereas that's way higher than what the season average has been. And and the, the worrying part for me is, and, and I think a few callers, a few texters, even Labardius has brought this up a few times, and, and it's definitely something I've had on my mind since about games 9 or 10 of the season, is that there definitely are some hallmarks of those LA Kings teams that finished number one in five-on-five five possession during the regular season, but had just an absolute hell of a time scoring goals. And that, that is is my worry. Last night they got goalie. Jake Allen was unbelievable. He made 45 and again, a lot of those came from high danger. And I, I feel like last night was less about finishing and less about quality and more about a really good goalie. But that's the first time in 23 I feel like the Flames have got goalied. And the first time in their 13 losses I feel like they just, they, they ran into a guy was out, who was out of his mind. A lot of the other losses this year where there hasn't been a lot of offense, it's felt more like a team that's having trouble generating. That's that is uh that that's a concern, and I'm curious how they go about rectifying that as the year goes along. It won't be lost on Daryl Sutter. It's not lost on this coaching staff. They need to do a better job of getting their attempts from more difficult, more dangerous, more high quality areas. Yeah, and and I mean you talk to guys about this all the time. This was a this was a topic at times last season. It was never really a major issue because the team had that, you know, top line that they could go to when things weren't working and just, you know, yep, they're they're going to get the goals, they're going to get things done and that's why, you know, 
one of the things we talked about a lot at the start of the season and looking at this team on paper was you're not going to get as much top line scoring. Like you're not going to have the best top line in the league anymore, but the Flames should have enough depth now to have multiple lines that can provide offense from line one, two, three, and get little dabbles here and there from the fourth line. Um, but you're not going to, we never thought that the fourth line was going to be, you know, the secondary scorer for the Calgary Flames, but it seemed like there was going to be enough depth there for this team to to have scoring from up and down yeah. the lineup instead of relying on your top three guys night in and night out to do it. And we just aren't really seeing that depth come through on a night to night basis. And I guess the question, and it's an unfair one to ask you, and I don't really know if we know the answer to that. Maybe we do. Maybe it's right in front of us. Is this a, is this a personnel issue? Like do the flames not have the naturally gifted goal scorers on this roster to score more than three goals per game uh, to, you know, to win despite the fact that they're, you know, allowing three goals per game, or is this just an execution issue? And and it might be a mix of both. That's where I stand on it. I know that's not the sexy, smart radio answer, but I think it's a bit of a mix of the the personnel and the execution. Well, when you are, when you're a team that, because right now a lot of the systemic things that we're seeing from the Flames, and Daryl has been very adamant about this since the beginning of the year. He has believed right from the beginning that they are going to score less than they did last year. And and it's been, you know, they, they definitely have scored less than they did last year. And and absolutely, having a guy like Jonathan Huberdeau uh, kind of find his way and be a little bit of a slow starter in his first year with the Flames, which I don't think is all that surprising, but it's still happening. That that leads to it. Not having Gaudreau and Monaghan, sorry, not having Gaudreau and, and Kachuk, and then I guess Monaghan, if they had Monaghan's production right now, they'd be feeling pretty good. Yeah. Um, but but with, with Gaudreau and Kachuk out uh, and, and Huberdeau taking some time and Kadri uh, coming out great, but now it's, it's very clear he's going to take some time to get into a little bit of a rhythm and Manjapani's game is is off, and you know Lindholm had a little bit of a slow start. I, I, I guess in in that respect, if you're going to have a team that scores less this year, which I think that we can all agree is probably going to be the case, and if you're going to have a team that is a little bit more of a, a low event team and a little bit more of a you know as opposed to winning five one and five two like they did a lot of times just last puts more year, pressure on your goalie, right? That that is the problem. So that they, yeah. they are one of the better they, they are one of the better suppressing teams, defensive teams, limiting teams in the league. They're what what teams are generating on them five on five when it comes to quality opportunities, when it comes to shot attempts. They're top five in the league. They're doing really good in that regard, and they're also getting lots of pucks towards the net. And maybe the correlation of lots of pucks towards the net and how many quality opportunities they get doesn't change. Maybe that be, is a struggle for them all year long. If that's the case, they have got to get NHL level goaltending because that that right now is 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 their biggest issue is that they're they're doing a good job limiting, but still too many pucks are going in, and and that's why I really believe Vladar. It, it's it's crazy because it, it's 
I'm not trying to blame everything on goaltending because it's not the only issue. They have to score more, and it's tough kind of living on that razor's edge when you're always, it feels like, in a 2-1 or a 3-2 game one way or the other, but you, you can't have 880 goaltending or 8, 8, 889 or whatever it's been. That's, that's going to put you in a really tough spot when you're playing that brand of hockey. You, at the very least, need the saves that are supposed to be made, and, and there's been too many times this year when that hasn't happened. So that's long way of saying they Vladar's the guy who's given that to them right now. And I'm curious to see if if he's able to continue being that guy. He's been 939 in his last four starts. If he can be 915 in his next five or six starts, I'm curious to see how that starts to turn things a little bit. Maybe it does turn into a, a goaltending controversy down the road. I don't think that we're there yet, but I do think Vladar needs some time. Crazy how it comes back to goaltending when we're talking about scoring, but I think they're yeah. going to have trouble scoring or not trouble scoring. I just think that it's going to be more of a chore for them to score goals this year as opposed to what we saw last year when, as we witnessed, a lot of times it seemed like it was easy. Yeah, well, I, you know, pulling up the, the numbers from this point in time last season, the, the goals for numbers aren't that different. I mean, there are, like there is a difference here, but it's the goals against that really is 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 the killer. So at this point last season, the Flames were scoring 3.2 goals per game on average, and mm-hmm. they were only getting scored on 1.96 times per game. Right now, the Flames are scoring 2.9 goals per game, and they're getting scored on 3.1 times per game. Yeah. So there's the, I mean, you, you do the math, right? It's, it's <laughs> that you were saying the margin that that's razor thin. It's really hard to win games when, you know, you, you, you round up, I guess, and it's three goals for yeah. and three goals against. And, you know, that's a, that's a really, really tight line to walk for for a team so uh last one for you pat because it was sean monahan's return yesterday and we tried to bring you in on that conversation when you were playing around with your headphones it didn't work but what did you see uh from the reception for sean monahan last night at the saddle dome and you know I assume you're with me. I don't think it's crazy for me to say that that was probably going to be the like warmest, most unanimous welcome back to the Saddle Dome from the oh, kind yeah. of big three departures from last summer. Yeah, and I, uh, I'm, I am, I think, I think Johnny's reception is going to be similar to Matthews. Maybe the booing will be a little bit more vitriolic because I felt like, I felt like the Kachuk one was more like in fun, and it's like, yeah, we're supposed to. I think it'll be like more visceral and and emotional when it comes to when Johnny's here. But I still think he'll get the standing O when they give him the, um, when they give him the the video tribute in the first commercial break. But it was cool. The whole day was neat with Monaghan to see him get two points, to see him last about 90 seconds, two minutes of his news conference prior to the game yesterday. He was welling up and, and getting teary-eyed, and, and, and then at the end he could barely finish a sentence. And you could tell that, that that tribute at the first commercial break was pretty emotional for him. And, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a neat day, and I, I, I keep going back to it. 
if if Sean Monahan isn't drafted, if Sean Monahan doesn't score twenty in his first year, if if Sean doesn't come in and give Flames fans hope and thus the organization hope at the same time that this rebuild could actually work. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if we're talking about uh, this team being a group that is is able to build around a core. I don't know if we're talking about a a team that is is able to get to the heights they got to last year. And I know that Sean was a very bit part of what happened last year, but if he doesn't start the whole process, I, I don't I don't know if we're talking about um, some of the really positive things that we saw down the road from the group because he gave he gave validation to a rebuild that people were screaming about in this market for half a decade and and finally they draft him Jerome's gone and and he pops in and scores 20 his first year and and validates that hey maybe the youth movement is the way to go so he gave flames fans a lot of hope and then he gave literally everything he possibly could to this organization so i was happy to see him get his due yesterday it was a really neat night I saw he i saw reports he was walking into the arena in a boot so sean monahan hasn't changed one bit take care of yourself please but thanks for doing everything you could to to play the game and say hello. He to left yesterday's last game night. in a boot. Yeah. He'll never change. No. That guy. Anyways, thanks, Pat. Bye, friends. Sorry for the uh sorry for the delayed start. Tell uh tell Oh John that's Tilly okay. It's fine. Logan and I oh. just awkwardly kept chatting and checked the tech while we spoke. Uh you know, we got a nice note. You know my show's going about as well as the flame season is this season. <laughs> so that's your you know fault. You can always blame Steinberg. Tell uh, tell John yeah. Tilly I love him. <laughs> okay, I will. Thanks, Pat. Okay, bye, friends. That conversation uh, with Pat Steinberg from the Atlas Pizza guest hotline brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, the 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner. For takeout or delivery, call 403-248-3344 or dine in at Atlas Pizza 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk to Sean Gentilly. He's a senior national writer at The Athletic. We talked to him a bit about the Washington Capitals, what you need to know for the Flames matchup against the Caps over the weekend, and take a spin around the league with Sean. That's coming up next on Hockey Central on Sports at 960. You're listening to Hockey Central 960 with Haley Salvian on your home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Welcome back to the program. Thank you to Pat Steinberg for coming on. I thought that was a good chat with Pat. That was the Friday Pat chat because we couldn't talk to him this week or last week. So it's good to have Pat back. Now we're going to go back to the Atlas Pizza Hotline and bring in our second guest, of the hour, it's Sean Gentilly, senior national writer at The Athletic. Sean, how's it going? Thanks for joining us today. You're welcome. Did you guys just play me into Lizzo? Is that what I heard? Yes. Neat. Thanks. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> said, a, said a great man once upon a time, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, what's up? What are you doing? How's it going? Uh, I don't know. Just going on the radio. No big deal. I was uh, looking up stuff about the Washington Capitals because I was told that's what the host wished to discuss with me. That's about that's it. That's right. Hanging out. Yes. Yes. Thank you. 
Thank you for the the sweet, sweet segue. We'll get right to business with you because the Washington Capitals are in town playing against the Calgary Flames tomorrow night. That is Saturday. It's a late game for you, Sean, on Eastern time, 10 o'clock, 8 o'clock start in Calgary. Uh, what what do you make of the Washington Capitals this season? I mean, we were talking about this on the podcast for, for those listening live here. Sean and I do host uh, the 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 Friday show on the athletic hockey show together. And we talked a bit about the Capitals last night. Um, and so I wanted to bring this conversation over here because they are going to be in town against the flames this weekend. Um, these are two teams with pretty similar records. They're close in the standings. Um, Capitals are 10, 11 and four flames are 10, 10 and three. What, what do you make of Washington so far this season? They're kind of like an inverse of what we've seen from the Flames. That's a really bad offensive team right now. And we talked about, I mean, you mentioned this, Bailey. We talked about this, you know, yesterday evening before the Kraken uh, Caps game. Um, And then the Caps went out and had a game in line with what we've seen from them, I think, this season. You know, not a lot of offense. And the Blues in an overtime 3-2. Matty Beniers gets the game winner. Blah, blah. Uh, I, I... I've said for years, I think part of this is because I'm like a hair younger than Alex Ovechkin. So I'm like in the same peer group and it's tough for me to accept that like, you know, their days, that group's days as as a contender might be over, but it feels like that's where we are. Like as the, as the devils kind of rose in the Metro and there's other relevant teams, like in the Eastern conference, you look at, you know, not just not just the Caps' record, but how they've gotten there and the teams they'd have to jump to really make a run, and it's it's going to be tough. Like I, this feels like this feels like the year that they're going to fall off, and I think and I think people are waiting for it for a bit, but I don't know based on what we've seen from them and forward, it kind of feels like that's that's here. Right, right. I mean, and just looking at both these teams again, I think there are some similarities. As I mentioned, the the Capitals are much further down in the kind of wild card, way too early standings watching here. Uh, But they've got, you know, the Penguins and the Red Wings who are in the wild card picture right now. And they've got the Rangers, the Panthers, and the Montreal Canadiens who came into Calgary and beat the Flames 2-1 to last night ahead of them. And if when you look on in the West, I mean, the Flames aren't as far down, but the Flames are on the outside <clears> looking in right now too. I mean, they've got Edmonton, Minnesota in a wild card spot, and then Nashville ahead of them. And then the Flames are kind of right there in between, again, the Predators and St. Louis Blues and even the Vancouver Canucks who had a horrific start to the season. And the sky was falling for what felt like months in Vancouver are two points back at the flames right now. Uh, so, yeah, no. I, and I know, I know you, I'm sure you and Pat talked to length about Jacob Markstrom. Cause that seems like that's the topic of the day after what, what we've seen from him. And I, I'm not to, not to discount the importance of that, but because you know, when, if the goal is not right, a lot of stuff isn't going to be right, mm-hmm. but I'm taking the flames roster at this point, a hundred times out of a hundred over the, over the caps. I mean, that's a weird mismatch forward group. I, this, I, I almost, I couldn't believe the stat when I, when I saw it, I saw it in Japer's rink, the long time, great SB nation blog about the caps. They've scored two or fewer goals in a game, 13 times this season, counting last, oh counting last night. That's tied with the flyers <laughs> for the second most 
in the league, and they're one behind the Ducks. So anytime your offensive production is like on par with, right, on par with the team Anaheim that has or, one or, or Philly, or yeah, team that has one regulation win this season. Yeah, I, my my favorite random thing of of the early season is unfortunately now in the rear view because they've because the Ducks have won have won again regulation. Um, but the Caps are, are in that discussion with them offensively. If it weren't for Darcy Kemper, who's, who's played well, and if it weren't for the power play, I'm not sure where the offense comes from. There's, there's, there are two guys on that team who have more than nine even strength points, and it's Alex Ovechkin and Evgeny Kuznetsov, who, you know, despite the point production, isn't you know hasn't been where they where they need him to be at five on five, you know, overall. So yeah, this is an anemic offensive team, right? Like they're. They're bottom third in the league in basically everything. If you look at X goals, if you look at all the all that stuff, I mean they're they're dragging big time. And it's it's Alex Ovechkin and you know a band of backup singers right now. And the record and the playoff chances are reflecting that. They're at thirty five percent to make the playoffs, you know, today based on based on Dom Lichichin's projections and that feels about right honestly like they're gonna have to jump teams just to get back in the discussion in the in in the metro and again like we said before the fact that we're talking about carolina in the east and maybe detroit in the east like and the islanders and the rangers kind of ping in in the penguins bouncing around and at the ahead of them in the in the metro there's a lot of work to be done there's a lot of teams to be jumped and there's not a lot of reason to think that they have the firepower right now to get it done. It's 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 not a very it's not a very good hockey team. Mm-hmm. I think this is a good you know perspective and conversation to have, especially coming out of the conversation that Pat Steinberg and I just had before you got on here. And and Pat, by the way, wanted me to tell you that he loves you. Uh, that was his parting note. No, I'm not I mean, joking. I hope you I hope you I hope you told him that I loved him too. I, I didn't, but you guys can connect if you'd like. I'll send you each other's phone numbers. It's very strange that you might not have them, even though you're saying these things on the radio to each other. Uh, but, you know, Pat and I were talking about how the Flames are a team that are having issues with their offense. And when we're talking about a team that, you know, they're scoring, you know, 2.9 goals per game. That's their average at this point in the season. And, and they're getting scored on far more than that. Well, not far more than that, but, you know, they're getting more than three goals against and they're not quite getting three goals for this season and we're looking at the flames and saying all right what's the problem why can't they score uh but they've got a team in washington coming into the building that's having even more troubles so maybe this will be you know this will be a kind of an interesting matchup between these two teams i think is this going to be like a one nothing hockey game tomorrow maybe it's gonna be a barn burner yeah right we're gonna say this it's gonna be in seven five <laughs> eight, or something. eight heading like- into overtime Again, like I know, I know there's problems with Markstrom. I know Uberto's point production hasn't. Like there's there's reasons to worry about the Flames. I'm not trying to like brush that under the, under the rug or anything. Like I don't think it's I don't think it's alarmist to look at where Calgary is. You know, at this point in the season, it, given given the preseason hype. Give, uh, by the way, I pick them to win the cup. I think I've said this on 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 the show before. You know, so I'm I was all in on them as as, mu- as much as anybody could be. So there's there's reason there's reasons to worry, but. Calgary has the trump card of the Pacific Division being a mess, <laughs> and that's not something. And that's not something Washington has. A, in the roster, again, at the risk of repeating myself from top to bottom, is it's 
it's no con it's like no contest. Look at the look at the calf stats. Easy Mantis third and third and even strength scoring is at nine points. Like that's fine. <laughs> but then you drop down, you're talking about Connor Sherry and Lars Eller and Nick Dowd and these guys like like that's just not that's not a group you forget went contending and winning playoff rounds. That's not a group that you make the postseason with. So I know both teams have struggled and there's been some offensive anemia like on, on both sides of that matchup. But man, you look at the names on this roster, compare them to caps of years past or compare them to what the flames are going to roll out there tomorrow night. It's like no contest. It got dark real quick for, for Washington, I, I think. And it's one of those things that, you know, we watched them keep it together for so long. And Ovechkin is still playing at such a high level that I, I think it was it happened under everybody's noses. You know, the the deterioration of of that of that roster. Because what else are they going to do? They're they're trying to win games. There's no reason not to, as long as you have Alex Ovechkin. You know, he's still 40, 45, 50 goal capable, right? Like you might as well try. But it but at the end of the day, man, this is this is not a good hockey team. Nope. Uh... Last one for you, Sean, because we got a cup. We got three minutes left. I wanted to ask you about Jason Robertson, uh, the, the the breakout candidate of 2025. If you guys don't know the joke <laughs> that I'm making, uh, go and just dig through Saad Youssef's Twitter page. You will see that there was a media member in Canada who said Jason Robertson might become a star. He's the first player in the league to score 20 goals this season, and then 21. And then 22, uh, you and Dom Luce-Chishin at the Athletic had the power rankings come out and there were some pretty wild stats about what Jason Robertson's doing this season, despite only playing 18 minutes per game. He is leading the league in scoring the first of 20 and he's not even averaging 20 minutes a night. Yeah, you know, it's just that famous Dallas Stars forward depth forcing forcing Robertson to the bench a, a little bit more than they would like. No, I, I don't know. You know, Peter, I, I will say, like, I, and, we're, and we're joking about the Stars forward depth because that's what ultimately, you know, did them in last year. They were relying so much on the Hintz Robert on, on the Hintz Robertson Pavelski line that, you know, it, it just it just wasn't sustainable. But that is a DeBoer thing. Peter DeBoer spreads the wealth. He likes, and I and I think ultimately that's a good thing for that team, even though Robertson is just maximizing, you know, his playing time as much as possible. DeBoer's won a lot of he's won a lot of hockey games, man. And I, I think he knows that you know, that he needs to figure something out with that depth group because for as great as Robertson is and for as great as Hintz is to sign the, the big eight and a half million annually deal on and on the top of that lineup is fantastic. But what's, what's, what it's going to come down to at some point, you know, if there are real contenders, there's going to need to be times when, you know, the Tyler Sagan's and, and Jamie Benz of the world actually produce. And I think that, you know, that's what we're seeing here is DeBoer trying to keep Robertson fresh, maybe trying to trying to figure something out in, in the middle six, because both of those things are going to be necessary, right? If Dallas wants to get where it, where, where it can go, they're going to need Robertson at peak performance, and they're going to need, you know, more than three forwards that are capable of going out there and, uh, and, and getting them goals. Yeah, and, the, and those stats that I mentioned, uh, 22 goals in 24 games while averaging fewer than 18 minutes a night. In the salary cap era, the highest goal total for a player playing under 18 minutes was Timu Solani's 48-goal season in 
Uh, Robertson is nearly yeah. halfway there with 58 games to go. And he, he's scoring at a three goals per 60 rate, which is way, like more than Austin Matthews last year. And everyone was losing their minds about Austin Matthews goal scoring clip last season. So <clears throat> Jason Robertson is definitely somebody to watch throughout the rest of the season. Uh, thanks for your Not time, a Sean. bad n- not a bad start to the season for for Nick Robertson's brother, as as he's known in Toronto. It seems like this. Ooh, all right. Well, Ooh. <laughs> thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate the time. You bet. Thanks for having me. All right. There goes Sean Gentilly on the Atlas Pizza guest hotline, teeing up the Washington Capitals in a little sprinkle. The Dallas Stars and Jason Robertson there at the end. Because again, Jason Robertson, the first player this season to hit. 20 goals. That conversation brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, the 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner for takeout or delivery. Call 403-248-3344 or dine in at Atlas Pizza 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. That's all the time that we have today on Hockey Central 960. Thank you to Sean and Pat, Logan. Thank you to Taylor, Cameron, all the producers who work on the show. And thanks to you for listening. And we will see you next week on Hockey Central on Sports at 960 The Fan.